Yo, yo. Fonzie, what's up? Good episode. Yeah, this may be the start of a new <laughs> a new series. Tell me why. Tactical Tuesdays. Tactical or Tuesdays. Tactical Thursdays. Coming, we don't know. Coming soon. Uh, if you want to be a part of that, go to Contents Profit Group on Facebook, <laughs> community. And yeah, we're going to be streaming probably those Tactical Tuesdays yeah. or Tactical any other day. What do we talk about today, though? Today, we just talked about B2B thought leadership and content creation, specifically if you're trying to get eyeballs from the right people into your content. Mm. Specifically on LinkedIn, I like that a lot. It's like, how do you actually get eyeballs on LinkedIn? We broke down the organic strategy, the pay strategy, uh, why personal profiles on LinkedIn are better than a business account. How can you influence the buyer's journey of your prospects? Mm -hmm. I thought it was pretty interesting too. We, we talked about key KPIs. There's a lot of discussion about KPIs, what to measure around content. Yeah, it was pretty good. I think it was, it was one of the first times that we do something straight on super specific and I really enjoyed it. We're definitely going to do more of this. We also share Fonzie's OnlyFans. Yeah, if you wanna if you wanna <laughs> join my OnlyFans, make sure you listen to the whole episode. All right, guys, enjoy. Yeah. For those wondering, Fonzie has an OnlyFans. Just so <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we have one together. <laughs> Not just that you're getting the volume of the people that you want, but you're getting the right people to look at it, which are the people that can make the buying decisions and the people that influence those people that make the buying decisions. You gotta take inventory of your resources and manage them in a way that they're gonna allow you to do all these things. Yeah. Yeah, but it's either gonna be a tax on your time or a tax on your money. Oh, you know what I didn't do? Nobody cares. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Nobody cares. Fancy. That's fine. We're, we're going to go. We're going to have a throwback on the on the intro. We got the old school intro. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, All right, let's do it. There we go. We've got some hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening you to the Content is Profit podcast. Where we talk about entrepreneurship, mindset, and of course, how to turn your content into profit. But most importantly, we're here to have a good time with you. Oh, yeah, baby. So go to contentisprofit.com to get started today and join the community. Good save, Fonzie. Yeah, good that, job. That's what I said. We went old school. You forgot your part. Good job. <laughs> I, never, I, I never memorized it. So that's a false statement because I always read. Whoa. I just didn't read. You got to read the colors <laughs> in there. There we go. Yeah, we got some comments coming in. I heard there was an open bar. Maybe, maybe after mm. the episode, if you're in Jacksonville, Florida, come visit. I know. Oh, yeah, baby. Mike is going to Japan. <laughs> he, he's about to live the, the Saki lifestyle. The there. Saki lifestyle. Guys, but today we have an incredible guest and we're going to be diving all into exploring the most successful B2B content strategies. Ooh. And honestly, we're probably going to dive into so much more just because today's guest has a, a pretty unique expertise that is very valuable in the B2B world. I love it. AKA negotiations. Yeah. Yes. Guys, if you've been enjoying the show every single day of the week, live or in your favorite podcasting platform, go ahead and give us a follow. Go ahead and send us a review, anything, an honest review. We love all of them. Thank you guys so much for the support and follow us on social media at BizBrosco. That is right. And if today's guest helped you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and and like my brother said, leave a review. Thank you. <laughs> Buckle up because we're going deep into B2B content strategy with today's guest. That is right. Today's guest company is the one behind some of the top B2B thought leaders success. Not only that, he's actually a master negotiator and the host of the Content Callout podcast. Let's dive in. I, I got to throw this out there too. I noticed 
I checked his, his LinkedIn. Mm. He's Canadian, and <laughs> we supports have, our theory about Canadian theory people. Yeah, it supports our theory. All successful people are either from Canada or Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> and I also noticed that he's, he went to Harvard. Ooh. It's pretty epic. Yeah, I wanna Let's I wanna talk go. more about that, guys. Mm. Please welcome the founder of Content Callout and B two B thought leader, Mark Ruffin. Like it. Oh my god! Good. What a what an amazing <laughs> intro! Yeah. Dude, we we just need to figure out how to get like confetti on your room when this happens, like unexpectedly. Yeah. You know, just imagine it in the background right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's, the, there's people dancing in the background. Everyone's having a great time. Yeah, it's hey, fantastic Mark, over here. Mark, we said we we're gonna leave the triple X rated version for OnlyFans <laughs> later, right? With yeah, the that's for the OnlyFans episode. Yeah, everyone, yeah. we're gonna save that for later. Yeah, right? you'll be able to dive into my sexual practices. <laughs> Maybe I'll show you a couple of things. How to last for less than one minute. Woo! There we go. If that's what you guys are into, that's totally okay. I'm not going to go play soccer with my kids, you know. I'm I'm all good. But, Mark, you know, all jokes aside, thank you, man, so much for coming on. Um, I was on your show. uh, Was it this week, earlier this week, or later, later last, earlier this week, and... Had a had a great time, man. Thank you so much for for bringing. So everybody that's listening today, go on and check out Mark's show. We're gonna leave it right in the links. The Content Call uh, Up Podcast. Oh yeah. Thank you. So thank you. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, awesome. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm like, yes, checked. Fancy, we do not miss you. Uh, anyways, it's all good. Mark, tell you, us. You can do a part two with me, and it's gonna be way better. I promise. That's right. Yeah, we're saving the good stuff <laughs> we'll, for last. We'll right? get we'll get you more downloads. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mark, let, let's dive right in. Right, like we talked uh, a little bit about B two B. Right, we have. On our side, we have our frameworks, but I'm very interested. Like, what have you seen in all these years of experience working with these companies? Like, what is something super cool about content in the B2B world? Like, what's something that people can implement? I think the biggest thing that people need to think about, especially if it comes to B2B content, is that it's it's the generator of the conversation, right? And so much of the things that we sell in B2B are high-ticket value items, right? So generally speaking... Most people aren't going to be coming into your website to go, hey, that thing cost $100,000. I think I'll buy it. Like that's just not going to happen. So it starts to generate the conversation and it starts to guide the person through the potential buying process that they may be going through. Because the fact of the matter is more than 90% of your customers aren't going to be ready to buy yet. But the goal for content into B2B marketing is to make sure that when they are ready to buy, they think of you first. So having that content available to them so that they can consume it on an ongoing basis so that you're continuing the conversation, whether it's owned content on your website or whether it's on social is really critical to your success. Mm, I love it. I love it. You know, keeping in mind that customers do their own research too right now, right? Like they, they walk themselves through that customer uh, journey. Their, their buying process is not anymore dictated by the companies itself. They yeah, have your the customer power. is educating themselves. And look, yep. the fact that this is the thing, the key thing that a lot of people, this is where they get hung up on content is if you're a company in B2B and you're not considering content and I ask you, hey, your customer, are they educated? Generally speaking, when they come and speak to you, like they know what questions to ask, that kind of stuff. When they have a conversation with you, most of my customers are saying, yeah, 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 of course, of course they are. They, you know. They, they know kind of what they want to buy. We just have to sort of guide them through that process. The question I asked to my mm-hmm. customers is, how did they know that? Where did they find out that information? Mm. If it's not with you, it's with your competitors. <laughs> 
Do you yeah. want to be the person that guides the conversation to your competitors or to yourself? Yeah, mm. I like I like the that frame. Do you want to be the person that guides the conversation, right? And we're talking here a lot about that top of mind awareness, right? And at the end of the day, is when these customers experience a specific problem, you want them to pop in their mind as the solution. Oh, I want answers sure. around this topic. Cool, I should go and check out Mark, right, or check out the business, whatever. So, so I I I really like your your point of view on just like guiding the buyers and not obviously i'm guessing you have some sort of call to action some sort of incentives to get people to take action turn that 90 into let's say the three percent that is ready to buy today so how are yeah. how are some ways that you are transitioning the people right into a not buying mindset into a more of i'm ready to purchase so there's a need that needs to exist right so if you can tell someone Here's what the benefits of content marketing are. Here's are some of the challenges that you're probably facing as a company. Here's how content helps to solve those challenges, helps to solve those problems. They're starting down the path. So if we sort of think of the traditional marketing funnel, awareness, interest, and action, just three big buckets. Yeah. Moving them from awareness to interest is going to be something that happens as a result of them becoming aware of a problem within their business and them searching for ways to solve that problem, searching for ways to overcome that challenge. If content fits into that, you want to be a part of that conversation, obviously. Here's how you can solve that problem that you're having with content. And then talk broadly about that. That doesn't need to be focused on your company just yet. It's just how do you solve those things? Oh, by the way, If this is something that you think you can solve with content, maybe take a look at us. Here's how we fit into that mix. Here's how that we talk about those things. Now we're moving them to action potentially. Set up a conversation, right? Call to action, mm. book an appointment, set up a call, whatever your CTA is, yeah. and then have a conversation. You're not there yet. You're still not ready to close that sale. All that's doing is getting you to the next step. Your job in this process isn't to focus on selling the customer on the first call. It's to set up the next call Yeah. because mm -hmm. they're still not going to be ready to buy yet. So have a conversation. Make sure it's fully transparent. Walk them through the process. Be as helpful as you can be. Keyword, be a decent human being. <laughs> And then ask for this next call and say, hey, listen, if this is of interest to you and we've answered some of your questions, does it make sense for us yeah. to continue the conversation? Let's yeah. book that in right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I think in that, in that stage that you mentioned, right, on the education part, it, it's key, right? Like, so there's so much uh, direct response out there or direct response wannabe out there, yeah. uh, especially, you know, from the community that we started a few years ago, we saw a lot of that and that was like our entire world, right? And As, as we launched the show and as, as we explored like new avenues, this world has opened up. And I think one element there that people can maybe take action today is like, what is some piece of market research, right? That you can put out there in these, in these pieces of content, in sharing, in whatever avenue you, you produce your content. But that's going to position yourself as the expert, right? And then from there, people are going to continue to ask questions because you are positioned as the expert in that in that field. So I think that's something important that we can put in there in those areas that, that you mentioned, Marks. And then I'm curious, like content is obviously a big bucket, right? In many ways, we preach podcasting because of the relationships and, and the 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 two-way funnel that, that that platform creates, right? Front end with audience and then back end with a relationship with that person that, that you're that you bring into your show, whether that's referrals, clientele, like further relationship long term, different things. Can be many things. But 
when you talk content, right? Like what specifically, like what channels do you normally recommend in your market, right? And, and you can describe a little bit of your market to like what type of companies you serve, but like what is the channel? Is it written content? Is it podcasting? Is it video? Is it micro content? Like what, what specifically, or is it completely custom depending on like the type of industry and the type of people that you're, that you're chasing? Yeah, it depends on the industry and it depends on the company that you're generally working within. And I would I would argue that the the type of content that you produce has less to do with the how someone's going to take it, more to do with where your customers hang out. Mm -hmm. So first think about where do where are my customers? Right. Like, where do they exist? Where do they hang out? Where do they um, associate together? Do they hang out at trade shows physically? Then I'm going to have actual written content for them. Do they hang out online? Do they hang out on LinkedIn? Do they hang out on Twitter? Do they hang out on TikTok? Where where are my customers? First, yeah. figure that out. Then build the content to suit the platform where they hang out. Um, and generally speaking, for most B2B organizations, that's you got two big segments. One is owned, right? You want to have SEO-based content to drive long-term growth to your website. And then you're going to distribute that through paid as well. And you also have social. And most of the time for B2B, it's on LinkedIn. So mm. those are the two biggest areas where you're going to play. There's some finer intricacies that exist within both of those areas. But for B2B, that's where you need to be. I, I, I love this. And, and I love this because... So many times, and we found this too. Like we we worked in the real estate side of things uh, mostly, and uh, it's funny because we have conversations with CMOs, right? And these are companies that have eighty people uh, staffed, and the way that they approach content is like if they were doing D two C, right, direct to consumer, and then they are the ones trying to build this thing, right? And and you know your show we talked about the concept of the publishing pyramid, right? We have the resources and capacities, right? And mo more than likely, if you're a a B two B uh, company, you have resources, right? You have a team that you could potentially deploy these systems, right? So, uh, what Mark was sharing right now is so important to identify, like, where do we fit in those buckets, right? Because you can tackle from like day one these platforms. You can do the research, right? You probably can assign resources to find out where your customers mm -hmm. is. If if you're already know where they are, which you probably do, right? You can deploy this massive system instead of going and try to create something for the sake of it. We talk a lot about create, remove the friction from the creation side of things, but this is aimed for the creator that maybe don't have the resources to go and tackle something like this. Right. But in, in this sense, I think this is very smart where you can maybe prep for a week or two and be like, okay, this is strategically where we're going to, where we're going to show up. What are we going to put out there is the needs we're sharing market research and then that's going to position in this way. And then can we measure, right? Can we measure? How important is is measuring uh, these campaigns or these efforts, right? Like how can people start setting up or how can companies start setting up the tracking of their efforts, right? What are some key KPIs that people can be looking for? I think this, well, let's maybe before we get into that, this what something you said there was really, really important about identifying where your customers are. Mm -hmm. The success of your content is primarily dependent, especially in the B2B world, is dependent on two things. Number one, the quality of the content that you produce has to be really high quality because most of your customers are probably really, really well researched on this already, right? They're yeah. already consuming content, which means that the level of conversation you need to have is at a higher level. Yeah. So the quality of your content needs to be really good. The second most important thing in the content equation, which is 
the same across all platforms, is the eyeballs on that content. Not just that you're getting the volume of the people that you want, but you're getting the right people to look at it, which are the people that can make the buying decisions and the people that influence those people that make the buying decisions. So ensuring that you have good organic growth on LinkedIn or your own website or whomever it is, that getting that traffic, getting those eyeballs is really important. Whether it's organic or paid, that's besides the point. We can get into the differences between those in a little bit, but that's really, really critical. Then and only then can you start determining the effectiveness of that content. Because if you've written content to an audience and that audience isn't viewing that content, that's not the content's fault. That's just because you're not driving the traffic to that content. Yeah. So yeah. you can really only start viewing the effectiveness of the content and the KPIs around it if you first identify who should be seeing it. Then, once you can identify that, then start thinking about things like, okay, how many people viewed this content? How many? Pe- if you've got good links in the content, good CTAs, what's the click-through rate that we're getting on this content? Are people actually booking meetings? Do they want to view more information? Did they enter that email nurture stream to teach them more about this thing? There's a bunch of different ways that you can start measuring the success of that content. And then ultimately, once they move down the funnel, is that bottom of funnel content generating conversations for your sales team? Hmm. I think that is, that's very interesting. And I'm curious on, you know, I'm playing a scenario here in my head. What about somebody comes to you, right? And they, they might not have the biggest audience. They have a regular presence in social media. They, you know, maybe write a weekly post on LinkedIn or share something like once a week, right? They're not very active, so they don't have an active following, but they're looking to ramp up, right? They're looking to become the thought leaders in this space. What would be some of the steps that you would take to help them get the right eyeballs in their content? Right. And I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you do a lot of uh, reading content. I was looking at your website and you're like, you even have a application for writers. So if you're listening and you're a writer and you're great and you're looking for some, you know, to help a, a great company, make sure you, you contact Mark in here. But um, I'm curious, how do you start getting those right eyeballs into those pieces of content? Let's, so let's focus on LinkedIn because it sounds like that's what we're going to be talking about. So on LinkedIn, there's two ways to do it. One is paid and one is organic. So let's just think of it from a company perspective and then an individual perspective. From the company perspective, generally speaking, your company page on LinkedIn gets about five times less reach than a personal profile does. Personal profiles organically get way more reach. You may ask why. It's primarily because LinkedIn wants to monetize. Absolutely. Right? So the more that LinkedIn can force a company to buy ads, the better it's going to be for LinkedIn. They mm-hmm. want to make money. Yeah. So a way around that organically, if you're tied on cash to begin with, is to develop your personal profile on LinkedIn so that you get the organic reach so that you can drive that going forward. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it costs you less money overall because you're going to be spending more time on that. But in terms of dollars out of your bank account, it's a great way to be able to do that. Now, let's just say, for example, you don't have that problem. You're flush with cash and you want to go and do those things. You need to have both a paid strategy and you need to have an organic strategy. So the paid strategy is like 
sending out an ad on LinkedIn that's super targeted to the customer group that you're trying to reach to. And LinkedIn's great because you can target down to the title of the person in the yeah. industry, even target down to the individual company that you want to start doing work with. Yeah. So you can go really, 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 really tight mm. on the targeting of the person or the persona that you want to reach to and have a budget. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing this with less than $2,000 a month on media spend because otherwise you're wasting your time. Then, and by the way, if you don't know how to do that, find someone who knows how to do that and pay them very well to do that because otherwise you'll also be wasting money on that. But on the organic side of things, on your personal profile, you need to start connecting with people who are either the buyers of the thing that you want to sell to them or the people that influence the buyers of the people you want to sell to. So let's just say, for example... Um, the ICP that you've identified, your ideal customer profile is a Fortune 500 consumer goods company that you want to sell into for a new software product that you've developed. Who is the target buyer at that company? It's probably going to be the VP of IT or the VP of marketing or someone who's maybe a CIO, someone who is the person who would generally speaking buy those things. How many of those people do you have in your network on LinkedIn? If it's not a lot, and you're not getting good traction on your content, you probably know why now. So you need to start connecting with those people. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So yeah, let me add something here real quick. You know, we often talk about uh, the publishing pyramid, right? One of our frameworks. And at the very top is capacity and resources. And you did mention, hey, if you don't have a budget of, I think it was like $2,000 to invest into ads, like don't even think about it, right? Or even go and hire somebody that can do it way better than you and pay them well. So obviously that fit, that fits into the resources bucket. So I want, you know, the person listening right now to start thinking about what are the resources that I have available at this time to start investing into this type of strategy. So if you're looking into LinkedIn, if you have the budget, right, for, you know, great marketing, go and hire somebody that can help you out. But if you don't, then you're going to have to measure your time because that is your other prime resource that you have that you can invest into this growth. And then you're going to have to set time aside to start doing the connections, start doing the, the writing of the content or video, whatever it is that you decide. But you got to learn, you got to take inventory of your resources and manage them in a way that they're going to allow you to do all these things. Yeah, yeah. it's either going to be a tax on your time or a tax on your money. Yep. And yeah. then you're going to have to find a way to tax other people within your organization with those things if you have a big organization big enough to handle it. Have you have you found a trend on how people or how companies like roll this strategy out, right? Like do we do they initially go all out and do both like the organic side and the paid side or do they start on the organic side and then they test that initially and then they move into the paid like what's a what's a normal strategy uh, on LinkedIn that you that you tend to see? It depends on how big the organization is and it depends on how much money they have. Most companies, if they're tight on cash, they're starting with organic first because they can afford the time, but maybe not necessarily the money. So they're going to focus their strategy on building out their organic reach a lot more and building out the content organically a lot more. And then they're going to start building out sort of the paid side of things as well. Ideally, I'd love to see people do both. Yeah. But the reality of the situation is most people start organically. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they, they want to, yeah, I feel like they want to test the message too. Right. I mean, like you said, are we talking to the right people? Are we saying they're sharing the right message? And I feel yeah. like once you nail those down, 
it's just going to be better once you start pouring, you know, money into it. It's, it's gasoline. We've talked about this uh, yeah. a very long time ago with one of our guests that she was like, hey, like if you have a crappy message and you just put money behind it, like it's not going to it's not going to fix it. It's still going to be crap. Yeah, you're just wasting <laughs> your money. Exactly. You're just wasting your money. So uh, you got to nail down those things before investing in it. Yeah. Yesterday I was submitting some other reportings for the for the podcast as far as like uh, the, the reach. We, we started to test paid uh, different campaigns and different things. And I was looking through the numbers, right? And I was like comparing like like a really good month on the organic side versus like what we did on the on the campaign. And uh, it took us like two days <laughs> to reach the amount of downloads uh, that we had in like one of the best months when, on the organic side of things. But here's the follow up, right? Like how sticky, right, is that paid into the into the podcast? Yeah, right? So did they listen? Exactly. Well, the listen, I think like the click through rate of the ad was about twenty percent, and then people that stayed listen, I think it was like eighty five percent that stayed to That's listen to the good. full episode. That's that was really good. that was amazing. So the people that checked it out, amazing. Now the stickiness is not just on the episode; it was how sticky are they on the show, right? How sold are they on the show? So you know, subscribers, for example, in that campaign, it it uh, increased on just Apple Podcasts because it's the only data that, that we got. It was, it was about 5%, right? And I'm like, okay, well, that's that's something, that's a baseline. And then it's like, how can we measure against that? And now we can start testing different things. So uh, I think like part of the lesson there is like, how can you start rolling things out where you can actually measure them in a, in a bucket and then try the next thing, right? So combine those with what Mark is saying, like if, on LinkedIn, and we have little to no experience on LinkedIn, right? Like what we do is we just, we, we just reshare that the, the content that we're doing for the podcast. We live primarily on, on Facebook because it's where we kind of build the initial audience. So this is super interesting to me because we might be moving to LinkedIn at some point. We're actually about to start testing a LinkedIn strategy for the podcast. And we'll see how that goes. But the interesting thing about like paid stuff for podcasts is you're, the only reason you're doing paid is to get new listeners. And if you think of it from that perspective, like there almost has to be a custom piece of like a custom podcast for the new yep. listener that you're driving people to do. So, hey, new listener, welcome to the blah, blah, blah. Because once they're a listener, they're not going to listen to that episode again. They're going to move on to the next episode. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I love this because, right, we talk about B2B and like uh, a lot of the things that we talk is like, how do you actually connect that content into, into the profit? So for yeah. us, that was a very random summation of what episodes we put in there. Now we're being a little bit more strategic on what that is for. But for a B2B, right, that they're publishing a podcast, what you just mentioned is key, right? It's like, what is a piece of content that you create specifically, right? To welcome those new listeners and then transition them into that journey, right? Like, what is that journey? What are the next episodes that you're going to be listening to? Kind of like that email subscriber campaign that, that we continue to educate that customer yeah. on what the company does, the stories and the different things and changing beliefs depending on where they come in. So um, I see like a lot of correlation. I love this and, and, and all these patterns. Yeah. And uh, as people start executing, I think they're going to find that out. Yeah, I'm going to throw a an, an idea out there for that one. The people that want to execute this one mm -hmm. for their podcast. Like you said, going off of, you know, you cannot need to create something very specific that people follow a path. Going back to what we talked at the very beginning, right? Like, what is that buyer's journey that we can potentially craft, right? And influence people to follow on their own. Why don't we do a three, five episode series of your podcast? And then you start, as soon as you start targeting the, those people, you transform them into own media, right? You, you either get their email, get them on your email list. And the follow-up sequence is just, hey, listen to episode number two. 
you have a trigger, something that lets you know that they listen to episode number two. Hey, this is episode number three, right? Just like guide them through that journey. So then at the end of the five episodes, I think it was a stat. Like if they listen to five episodes, they're probably hooked and they're going to keep listening to a little bit more. Yeah. So that way you're probably increasing your chances of retaining listeners on your podcast. Awesome. Makes a ton of sense to me. I think we should, we should try that one. That'd be fun. And then compare it baseline. Yeah. The, the best ideas always come out of these episodes, Mark. <laughs> Just going to put that out there. We have like a list of different things. But yeah. Mark, as we as we wrap up, right, like if if we have listeners that are in the B2B world, right, they're starting maybe that journey into content creation. Like what's something that they can do today to, to start, you know, getting some traction? Start writing. Start writing on. I know it sounds like super simple and like overly simplified, but you have no idea what's going to work yet. So just start posting stuff. I look at content through three lenses, especially on LinkedIn. Is it entertaining? Is it informative? And is it educational? And if you can hit two out of three of those things, you're going to do super well. Mm. So just start writing, then review. Is it educational? Is it entertaining? Is it informative? And then move on. Start writing. I love it. Simple. Simple and effective. Easy. Peasy. Well, not easy. <laughs> simple, but not easy, right? Is that, yeah, that, not that, easy, that. but it is simple. Exactly. Yeah, it is simple, but not easy. Yeah. Uh, Mark, where will you be if you did not if you did not publish? I don't know. I'd probably be working a really shitty job that I hate. In <laughs> fact, I know I'd be working a really shitty job that I hate. <laughs> well, like, that's exactly why I started doing this. Like, because I had a shitty job that I hated. What was the shitty job that you hated? I mean, I worked in the procurement world for a really long time, and I love procurement. But I was in a job that just wasn't feeding my soul, and I knew that I yeah. needed to do something for myself. Yep. Um, and it, it just wasn't, it just wasn't in the corporate world. It wasn't working for me. Um, and so I started my own thing. I love procurement and I love those people and I, I loved the work itself, but the corporate environment was just killing me. Yeah. So I had to go. Random question here before we wrap up. I, I had this question since the beginning. I had to ask. (laughs) And your LinkedIn says that you went to Harvard. How how was that? What do you what do you learn in there? Yeah, it was part of the I was part of the program on negotiation, which is um, the program on negotiation is like a think tank, the world's leading think tank on negotiation, um, and it's based in Cambridge. Um, and basically, all of the sort of top thought leaders on negotiation work out of that institute. Yeah. Um, and I was fortunate enough to go and study with some of those folks for a little bit of time. I don't want to make it sound like I've got some amazing, <laughs> like high level education. That is Harvard. some amazing was, high level education. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I got to study with some amazing people that I really, really respect. And yeah, it was just an incredible time. That is so cool. We're definitely going to have to do a just nego- negotiation. Let's do episode. it. I'm happy to do it. I, I think that's such an important skill, right? In uh, in this world, especially in content too, like the people that we connect and, and that. So yeah, absolutely. That, that would be like a one-off episode that we can do that. That's uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. I, one of my favorite books of all time, Never Split the Difference. Oh, so good. Chris Moss, uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, it was nice so guy. highly, highly recommended. That, that I read that when I was starting sales in the fitness studio a bunch of years ago. And yeah, he's a nice guy. Too. We've had him on our negotiation show a few times. That's cool. pretty awesome. Mark, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Easiest place to connect with me is contentcallout.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with anyone. Here's the important thing, though. If you do connect with me, let me know that you listen to me on this show. Ask him for access to OnlyFans. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the discount code for the OnlyFans account? Uh, you know exactly where they came from. If they go, <laughs> they go ask you that. That's funny. Come on, Fonzie. 
Hey, yeah. yeah, I had to throw it out there. I had to, for, the, I had for, those, to do for those wondering, Fonzie has an OnlyFans. Just so <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we have one together. We share it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is escalating yeah, very yeah, quickly. This one sounds very quick. Is the AC on, man? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> Mike, dude. is there anything else you want to add before we head out? No, listen. Thank you so much for having me, folks. Folks, if you're if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I have a consulting company or I have a B two B company that well, I want to get started producing more content. I'd love to talk with you. If you ever have the opportunity to connect with me on LinkedIn, let's talk. Absolutely, guys. We encourage it. Go go check him out. Go connect with Mark. Fancy you? Anything else you want to add? No, this was epic. This was sweet, straight to the point. It was a lot of fun, man. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning to the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Beast Bros Co. That is right. And if Mark here help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. And go and check out Mark dancing over here. <laughs> Bye, See you guys. guys.